Welcome in, everybody. I'm Robbie McAlpine. You're listening to Fairly Local, the podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest, Sean Dietrich. He's a columnist, novelist, and podcast host known for his commentary on life in the American South. He's appeared in Newsweek, Southern Living Magazine, and every other magazine and publication on the planet. He's also written 13 books, several of which I've read, and is the creator of Sean of the South podcast. And you may have, if you're a former employee, may have seen him on a Jack's television commercial you know i was uh, i was an employee of jacks flipped those burgers back in the day how you doing sean i'm good i'm proud to be here man it's, it's it's good to uh i've been listening and reading so many of your books a couple of them that hopefully we can talk about a little bit today you are my sunshine also the uh it made the circle be unbroken but i've got to admit something out of the gate here i am i don't know if i'm supposed to be ashamed of this or i have just been admitted into a group by Phyllis Ratliff, who's a common friend of, uh, I think, Jamie and, and you and, and myself, yeah. into a group. And I haven't, I haven't investigated it that much, but it's called Sean Dietrich Groupies. Now, I'm not sure what I'm getting into. <laughs> oh, I'm not either. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. That's I dangerous. think I may be the only guy. In, well, I'm not real sure. I mean, it's just a bunch of ladies that's in love with Sean Dietrich, and I'm in there, too. So, hey, here we go. Oh, that was, uh, yeah, you... you I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a wonderful group of people, and uh, uh, you know, it's it's anybody that's listening, uh, you know, can get an invitation from one of these uh, women who protect, you know, the Sean Dietrich brand. You know, it'll be. Hey, I, I, yeah, I I've met him in person, and uh, <laughs> they tell me they tell me, you know, don't come around there because you don't want to see, you know, you're not going to want to see what we say and all that. So I've I've dutifully heeded their wisdom. Yeah, probably a great idea. So tell me a little bit about, I want to talk about a couple books. Okay, the very first book that, that I read and actually went back and listened to it because Phyllis tells me, you got to listen to his books because of his accent. You know what I mean? He's got this Southern drawl that's probably just a little bit different. And my wife and I love to hear you say ham sandwich. But uh, that- yeah, I, actually, I actually said that, and we're leaving actually tomorrow for New York City. And I said that once in New York City, uh, we asked for a ham sandwich, and uh, <laughs> we, they kept calling people over in the deli to come listen to us talk, and they, we got our sandwich for free. <laughs> That's awesome. So, tell me a little bit about um, was that your very first book, or how? What out of your thirteen books was how many was that number five or six, or where was that into your series? circle? Well, the circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was the. That was my first memoir. Uh, as far as where it landed in my series of books, I think it was my fifth book uh, altogether, maybe even my sixth. But it was my first memoir with a with a big com- publishing company. Right. Uh, so I was glad that it was my. That I'm, I was glad that I had been writing my you know my column for several years at that point daily. So I was glad I had plenty of uh, training coming up to it, writing that on that particular topic, which was the topic of my life and of my my father's death, and uh, so that I could approach it with more of a light-hearted thing, because it's kind of a heavy subject, and I yeah. wanted it. To be, I wanted it to be light. I wanted it to be filled with moments of lightness and humor and fun. Uh, I didn't want it to just be sad. Uh, yeah. So. 
it took a lot of practice to get there to where I could write it that way. And I hope, you know, I hope it came out the way I wanted it to. I hadn't read it, but, uh, I think you probably read it a million times before you sent it to the publisher, right? Well, yeah, you have, you do, you go through it too much. And then you, uh, then I read it in the studio and it took me like 21 hours to read it because reading an audiobook is like systematic hell. You got to go through and get every word perfect. Uh, but I always, yeah. w- I always wondered how long it takes these, you know, authors to, to read their own audio books. You know, it, do you go to a studio or do you have a studio at home? Where do you, where do you do your audio? Yeah. At? All my audiobooks have been recorded in Nashville. Uh, and, and you go and they book you, uh, you know, a, at least my publisher did, uh, you get a studio there right on music row and you go in and there's a spoken word, technician it's not you know it's not music it's not like broadcast it's a totally different genre uh, you know mm-hmm. and they are little nazis <laughs> yeah <laughs> they make yeah. sure you get <clears throat> they make sure you get every word perfect uh, <clears throat> excuse me just the way you want it and just and it they they're brilliant and uh, but it it you know it takes probably professionals who do it you know a lot quicker than it take takes me but uh, I tend to stumble and wow it's it, it was a beautiful book and I, I love the way uh, it was written and the way you dealt with that subject matter um, oh, and I'd encourage everybody to if you're going to start and get to the Sean Dietrich world that's a good one to start with would you agree uh, yeah I would say that's a that is a great one I mean that was the most uh, that was the most profound book at least in my heart you know at the time that I was writing it was it was pretty you know I put a lot of myself into it. I mean, right. I put all myself into everything and I feel like all my work is equally mediocre, but, <laughs> but that one was a, uh, it was special when it, when I came out with it. Yeah. Yeah. It really was special. So something, you know, I think about when I listen to your uh, audio books and read some of your books, I think about people that you may have in common, uh, you know, some life experiences in common, especially your storytelling, your ability to still tell stories. We're both fans of Catherine Tucker Wyndham. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember the story about the old turkey buzzard. If you remember that story. Oh yeah. The turkey buzzard. Yeah. And, uh, and also somebody from McCombs, Mississippi named Jerry Clow. Oh my if, God. Yeah. I love, he was the only comedian I was really allowed to listen to. <laughs> yeah. And so I would, I love Jerry Clower. He came to Aniana once and uh, performed on, at the old McDaniel gym. Wow. And, uh, and, you know, I was just a kid and it was, it was a big deal. We, we loved it. A little comedy, wow. played a little music, kind of like what your shows. I mean, you're, you're very much alike. Well, he, that is a huge, huge compliment. I, I, I mean, I, I knew everything he ever did by heart. I just loved him so dang much sitting up with the dead. <laughs> I loved him. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's not true, but I appreciate it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and another person, have you uh, read anything from Rick Bragg? You know, I never have. Uh, and it was purposeful because when I first started writing, somebody said, uh, you know, your maybe they said it was your story or maybe it's your, uh, you know, something about you reminded them of Rick Bragg. And I, someone gave me a book of his and I opened it up and I read one chapter and this has been maybe i don't know how many years ago long time and uh it was so good it was so good that i shut the book and said i can't read this or i will 
subconsciously emulate this guy it'll just happen i'll start to try to emulate who he is and uh, so i never i never i've never read anything else he read he wrote because it was that it was that good yeah he's a great writer he's from jacksonville alabama I, i've heard i mean i we've you know i've never met him but we've bumped and been in the same situations i've just never met him he's the real he's the real thing i'm i, I pretend he's the real thing come on but i he he uh one day I'm gonna meet him. One day I'll. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll have him on a podcast one day. So, uh, moving on to the book, uh, "You Are My Sunshine." I've just got a question. I had some people write down some questions that they wanted to know. Do you still have that bicycle? So, tell us a little bit about "You Are My Sunshine." It was a 292 mile ride down the Allegheny. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, yeah, it's. I it was actually 350 miles down from uh, Pittsburgh all the way to. Virginia and it start started in Pennsylvania you go down through Maryland West Virginia and then you weave back up into Maryland and back down into West Virginia and then all the way to Georgetown Virginia and there are two trails that meet together there's the Great Allegheny Passage and then there is and that one is I believe 150 miles uh, or maybe it's around 200 I can't remember uh, and then there's the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal towpath which is an old, old trail that runs alongside the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal that George Washington built, and this used to all be his land. And that goes for another, you know, heroic mileage. And it's, these two connect together and weave you through this entire expedition. And my wife and I did it on, she did it on a bicycle and I did it on a trike, a human tricycle. <laughs> And uh, that was a really interesting experience that I hope to never repeat. <laughs> now, is does the track still exist? Yeah, it's. Uh, I keep it right here. I use it actually still. Uh, God knows, I earned it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's actually kind of a fun bike if you can get past the image. You know what it does to your image, which makes you look like uh, you're riding the flagship for all senior citizens. Uh, <laughs> It's actually pretty fun. You're in a recumbent position. Uh, people look at you funny when you're out there on the trail riding it because uh, they assume there's something going on with you, something something not right. And so I would pass by these bikers heading the other way, and I could hear them as I drove by. They go, "Oh, he's so brave." <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Well, you know, it's uh, yeah. One of the things in that book that you know, I personally wanted to ask is, did you, did Sandy ever read the book? Has she ever, have you heard from Sandy since? No, I haven't. And I've, I've hoped that, that someday this woman would reach out, but uh, no, nothing, none of that's happened. And I, you know, I don't really even know what to make of that, but I hope one day I'm still hoping that one day she will. Yeah. That'll be, a, that, that might be a book in itself, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Tell me a little bit about what the day in the life of Sean Dietrich is. Now that you're this huge worldwide celebrity, and I understand you were in a parade down in South Alabama, you know, you're throwing beads. <laughs> a very tame parade, I might say. Very tame, yes. Yeah. Uh, but so was, what, what is the day in the life? Uh, well, I wake up uh, and I get into my little office and I start writing uh, and I usually work on the book that I'm working on at the, at the, you know, at the time. And then I will break for lunch or, you know, a late breakfast 
which is usually Jamie keeps some pimento cheese in the refrigerator that she's made and she makes the best. So I'll have some of that, uh, maybe a sandwich or something. And then I'll come back in here and I'll start writing only now I'll work on, you know, the daily stuff that I do the column and then right around one mm, thirty or two, I'll take a break and I will go for a walk or something just to clear my head. Cause staring at a screen that long would just, you know, make you crazy. And then I come back and I work <clears throat> on my column until uh, I guess about six o'clock and then we're done and we go downstairs, which is where our den is. And we, we fight the dogs for the property rights to our sofa <laughs> and we watch television until we go to bed and I wake up and do it all over again. Unless I'm traveling. Now if we're traveling, then the routine is different. Jamie drives we have a little van that's really just a plumber's looking van. It's a uh, it's a little Ford van that you've seen. Probably people drive it when they work for LabCorp. We call yeah. it a, the stool sample van. <laughs> and, uh, we drive that, and Jamie drives, and I sit in the passenger seat, and I write for those hours that we're on the road, and she listens to audiobooks from real, real authors. And then we get to a hotel and I, you know, write until, or when I have a show to do or something. So mm, that's, that's awesome. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I know yeah. one of your favorite places in the world is Lake Martin. I've heard you mention that before. Oh yeah. Question. You have, have you had an opportunity to catch a hybrid stripe out of Lake Martin? <laughs> no, I would, no, I would love to. My buddy has a place there and says it's worth it. Oh man. Let me tell you a buddy of mine, Jonathan Burton, has a boat uh, situation down there where he takes people out to catch hybrid stripe. And uh, you can see them coming on the radar from like, I don't know, half a mile away, it seems like. And it's like oh. deep sea fishing. You just drop straight down. He say, all right, hang on. You know, something's fixing to happen. And then, man, they almost pull you in. I mean, they, I, I caught probably a 40-pound hybrid stripe out of there. I mean, several of them. Yeah, I've heard their fight. Their, their fight is just out of this world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would love to do it. Uh, yeah, hook me up. Yeah, man, I'll hook you up for sure. Um, let's see here what I've got on the question list that we can uh, that we can talk about. You're a big dog lover. Uh, I live in a house with uh, three dogs and a cat now. Uh, two of the dogs are mine. Uh, one of them is my wife's. I guess they're all three hours. Then we have a cat named uh, named uh, named Leo, who every time you walk to the kitchen screams for treats because we've trained her to, you know, if we tra shake the treat thing, she'll come running. So now she just wants treats all the time but wow. you've got a dog that's blind right yeah uh she's uh, her name's marigold she is a black and tan coonhound she's she's got red socks and kind of a red muzzle and a red underbelly and a uh, she's got a slick black coat and she we got her she had been found behind a tire shop in mississippi chained up and and the doctor said she lost her sight from from trauma to the face, probably she was abused. And uh, we adopted her and she's just been, a, she's been great. She's been a ray of sunshine. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've got three sons. I've got a 27 year old Colton, um, a 21 year old who's a firefighter uh, and a 15 year old. And I've never been a big dog guy, you know what I mean? Until recently. And I'll tell you, you know, uh, kids are wonderful but 
I don't even know how to say this, but I mean, you know, it's just, uh, you know, dogs never stop loving you, right? I mean, you, you, you don't, it doesn't matter what you do. That's right. They're, and they're, go ahead, they're unconditional and they just, they, they have, they don't apologize for, for things they've done right and wrong, wrong. It's just, they're great. Now the cat, on the other hand, will eat your eyeballs out while you sleep. Right. right. The cat is plotting your demise. <laughs> Well, listen, I know this is just a brief conversation. I know there's a possibility uh, that you may be coming towards the Aniana area soon. And if that yeah. happens, uh, we'd love uh, to reach out again, have you on the radio show. We've got a guy named uh, Tim Shamley, uh, who does a, a show in the middle of the day that'll absolutely talk your ears off. He oh, does a show it. called The Swap Shop. Oh, man. It is, is it a good, good old fashioned. Swap, is it like one of those old swap shops? It is the old swap shop. So, oh, you know. You call, you know, you listen to that, and you might hear somebody, you know, wanting to trade guinea hens for hubcaps. Oh, I gotta be there. I love those things, man. Brute, uh, my wife sometimes Bruton, and they, I always tune into their swapping shop. I love it. Yeah, it's so, the I'll, best. I'll give you a banjo if you got a Schwinn bike with the three speeds. <laughs> it's the best. Well, all right, Sean, love you very much. And thank you for taking the time to be with us today. And, and again, we look forward to hopefully having you out uh, in the near future in the Aniana area. And uh, we're following you. You've got a great fan base and keep doing what you're doing, man. You're the best. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate everything you just said. I look no. forward to it. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye.